I'm Brittany Hardin-Tangway, a manager with KPMG, and I am fascinated by the practice of transfer pricing and its impact on the global market. Join me each episode as I explore the transfer pricing world with specialists who will explain the ins and outs of this niche practice where tax meets economics. In an earlier episode, we introduced Pillar 1 and Pillar 2, which are quite literally the pillars of BEPS 2.0, part of the OECD Group of 20's inclusive framework on base erosion profit shifting. Well, that episode was a general introduction. As of December 2022, when we're recording this podcast, the OECD has published a public consultation document on Pillar 1's Amount B, which is focused on streamlining efforts spent on pricing marketing and distribution activities while staying compliant with the arm's length principle. To provide more information and insights on this development, I've invited back Alistair Pepper, a KPMG Managing Director based out of London and formerly with the OECD. While he was at the OECD, Alistair provided strategic and technical input on the development of Pillar 1 and led work on a number of the key Pillar 1 building blocks, working closely with country delegates in an effort to build consensus. Alistair, welcome. Thanks. Nice to be here. Glad to have you back. So before we discuss Pillar 1 and Pillar 2 more generally, now I think it's time for us to look a little bit closer at Pillar 1, which is composed of Amount A and Amount B, which we would not previously discussed on the podcast. Amount B, which is more focused on the arm's length principle and the latest developments from the OECD, will be our focus for this episode. Before we dive into all this, do you want to give us a bit of context, just an overview to help remind listeners where we're at? Sure. So when people think of Pillar 1, what many people think about is Amount A. And Amount A is the piece that's really responding to the tax challenges of digitalization, the situations where digital businesses are paying little or no tax in markets because they have little or no activities in markets. And it's seeking to introduce a formulaic approach to allocate additional tax rights to those jurisdictions. Amount B is a bit different. It's about working within the existing transfer pricing system, within the Armpland principle, and it's about simplifying the way that transfer pricing rules work when they're applied to marketing and distribution activities. It's an acknowledgement that transfer pricing for marketing and distribution activities is an unnecessary compliance burden for business, but also causing pain for tax administrations and challenges for them from an administrative standpoint. So it's an attempt to make that piece just a bit simpler. So Amount B, which we're talking about today, is really focused on the marketing and distribution activities. They're so prolific. The sales and marketing and delivery and transport of goods quite literally run the global economy. It's integral to many businesses around the world. And it's safe to say it's one of the most common types of transactions that we analyze day to day. But for as prolific as it is, it is equally varied from very simple buy-sell arrangements to full-on advertising, marketing, logistics operations. And it all is kind of tied up in sales and marketing and distribution, which is what Amount B is looking at. And I think what the OECD has done for a number of years is look at a variety of different transactions services during the original BEPS projects and low-value added services, and what you can do to make transfer pricing simpler to apply. And what it's looking at with marketing and distribution is saying, well, actually, we know there is this big universe of activities, but there are also some relatively standard models that different businesses apply again and again and again. And how can we make transfer pricing rules simpler for those relatively standard structures, the LRD type models? Yeah, the limited risk distributor. And that's typically what we see. The document that the OECD brought out, which you'll give us an overview in a second, but they focus in on low capacity jurisdictions. And those are where you're going to more typically see that the simpler structures that there shouldn't be as much debate on, right? Because it should be more prescribed. Is that kind of the thinking that you're saying? 
Yeah, what low capacity jurisdictions have found is that transfer pricing rules are very, very complicated and they've only been made more complicated in recent years. And when these jurisdictions are trying to get up to speed with those rules, with the OECD guidelines, they're finding it really difficult and they recognise that and they know that. And so what they want is they want ways to make it just a bit simpler, a bit easier for them and also easier for taxpayers operating in their jurisdiction. And so this is thinking through some ways to do that. And it's a way to make pillar one work for everyone. So again, lots of lower capacity jurisdictions have, have said that they don't see a huge amount of benefit in amount A and the amounts of money that may be allocated under that amount. But they see more benefit in amount B in the simplification of transfer pricing rules. And so this is something that's really important to them and therefore important to getting support on pillar one as a package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and mean, simplification continues to be the reoccurring thing you hear from the OECD and especially in this document. It is making things easy to administrate and there's so many transfer pricing disputes that are centered around this topic of delineating appropriately and then pricing appropriately these sales and marketing activities. So that's really what all this is getting at. Just let's make the simple things simpler and focus on the real crux of the challenging issues. I think that's a really nice way of putting it. If you're a tax administration, you want to knock the easy issues out as quickly as possible so you can focus on the complicated issues. And if you're a taxpayer, you want to do the same thing. And so this is just a way of the OECD trying to get tax administrations together in one room to think about, okay, how would we make these simplifications work? Because we know it's not enough for one tax administration to come up with what it sees as a simplification. Because if the tax administration on the other side doesn't agree, it's not a simplification. So this is the OECD trying to bring everyone together and get agreement on standardized simplifications that work around the world. So let's get to it. Let's talk about what's in the document. Will you give us a high level overview? It's not an easy document to digest, I think is the first thing to say. For those that have picked up and read the 50 pages, there was a lot of words and there were a lot of quite dense text, which is not unusual for OECD documents. The document is divided into four main sections, and I think that's a good way to approach the document, but also just to think about amount B more broadly. The first issue that the document focuses on is scope. And so amount B is designed to simplify transfer pricing rules for baseline marketing and distribution activities. Well, what do we mean by baseline marketing and distribution activities? What activities fall within that scope? What activities go beyond that? What activities maybe fall below that? So that's the first piece. We've then got the pricing methodology. So I've identified what activities are in scope. Well, now, what is the return or the returns that will be allocated to those activities? And does that vary depending on the specific facts and circumstances? And if it does, how can I build that into a simplified pricing methodology? The third piece, which I know is one that transfer pricing practitioners will be more than familiar with, is documentation. And it's not enough just to say we're going to make these rules simpler. Tax administrations are still going to want taxpayers to document how they're complying with this new amount B framework. So there are some pretty extensive documentation requirements in there that taxpayers will need to comply with. And finally, we've got the issue of tax certainty. And what taxpayers have seen previously with OECD efforts to simplify is that there's all this talk. And then actually, when it gets down to brass tax, tax administrations that don't really like the simplifications just ignore them. They say, well, you're not eligible for X, Y, or Z reason. And so what the OECD has recognized and has started to talk about, but only really started to talk about, is how can I provide businesses that are eligible for amount B with certainty that it's actually going to apply in jurisdictions where you want to apply it? That's a great summary. Can we talk a bit more about who is in scope and who isn't? Absolutely. There is a lot of text in that scope section and it Mm. is dense and it is Mm. difficult going. Mm -hmm. And 
there is a lot of very subjective language that means it's not possible to say you're definitely in, you're definitely out. But I think there are some general trends, big picture issues that we should focus on. The first is that there is a real focus on wholesale distribution of tangible goods. So that is really what the document's focused on. It's saying, if you do retail distribution, amount B is not for you. If you sell digital goods or services, amount B is not for you. And so I know for lots of the financial services sector, that services exclusion, really important. And you've got specific ways of pricing your marketing and distribution activities or equivalent types of activities. And so it's comforting to see that there is that clear exclusion from the scope of amount B. I think what some digital businesses might be saying is, well, hang on a minute, this is a project that's meant to be about addressing the tax challenges of digitalization. So it's somewhat ironic that we're being excluded from the scope of this core piece of pillar one that is made to make transfer pricing rules simpler. The other couple of pieces that I think are important to touch on is sales agents and commission error arrangements. So these are things that certain members of the inclusive framework really want to see included in scope, but where there are clearly other members highlighted in the document that are much less convinced that it is appropriate to include those types of arrangements in a broader safe harbor rule, simplification rule for marketing and distribution activities that cover buy-sell distributors. And so that's one area where the document is looking for feedback from consultation respondents. It is currently a public consultation document. It's come out on December 8th, 2022. OECD is looking for feedback up through January 25th in 2023. So it seems like digital services and the digital goods, the software as a service, those types of distribution models, I think it seems like the OECD is doing a good job of saying, hey, right now we're proposing tangible goods, but we recognize that this is an area we need to go in. So that is a specific area of feedback amongst many others where they're saying, let's start small, let's limit on the things that we can wrap our hands around, but recognizing that there are lessons to be learned here and that different business models are going to have to adapt. So yeah, I think it's really smart the way they're going about doing this. It seems very methodical and something that can be built upon, which I think is encouraging. I think that's right, Brittany. And I think the other thing that's important to emphasize and was really emphasized by the OECD in the webinar that they did just after the release of the document is that they are looking for serious feedback from stakeholders the point around the exclusion of the distribution of digital content and digital goods, that was specifically highlighted by the OECD in their webinar as something that they're looking for feedback from stakeholders on. And so I think that is an area where they're really conscious that the business community is likely to have views. And I think some members of the business community will have really strong views that actually they think they should be included in the scope because they want to benefit from this simplification. And I think that is something that the OECD is looking for feedback from business on. What other things should businesses and taxpayers be thinking about when it comes to amount B? I think just to step through the kind of main framework that OECD has set out, the first question for any business to ask is, are these rules relevant to me? Are they going to affect me? Am I performing the type of activities that are included in the scope or not? Is that a clear outcome or is that something that isn't so clear? Do I want to be in scope or not? Do I think that amount B will make my life easier and better? Or do I think it's going to cause me an additional headache that I want to avoid? There are groups that perform very specific types of marketing distribution activities that have specific ways of pricing those activities that are different from the way that marketing distribution activities are normally priced. And so those kind of groups may well be looking for the document to make clear that actually 
this framework isn't relevant for them, both so they avoid having to argue whether or not they're in scope, but also so they avoid tax administrations taking the view that they should be in scope. And so even if they're not quite within the terms of the deal, they're going to apply it to them anyway. I think the documentation requirements are something that businesses really should be looking at and focusing on. What's included in that document is really, really extensive. It goes far beyond what the local file OECD requirements require. And I think there is a question of how you can deliver simplification if you're imposing these really substantial documentation requirements on business. And I think we talked a bit about certainty. I do think that's really important for businesses, for these theoretical simplifications to have practical effect. You need to know that when you're eligible for these simplifications and you apply them, that you actually get to benefit from them. And as part of that, having a certainty framework that ensures that tax administrations can't go back on the deal they negotiate, I think is really critical. Before we close out, let's talk a little bit about timing. When should we expect to see this implemented? Well, the OECD was pretty clear that they think these rules should come into effect from 2024 and that they're looking to reach agreement by the middle of 2023. So this is the time for businesses that want to feed back into this consultation to do so. This is your one big opportunity. One of the things that was mentioned on the webinar the OECD did December 8th, 2022, which I thought was fascinating, was the question about, is this going to happen? And the Secretariat came in really strongly and they said, it's not a question of if this is going to happen. It's a question of when this is going to happen. And it's a question of what the design is going to look like. Is this a narrowly targeted measure that's relevant for a smaller number of taxpayers? Or is this a much broader measure that is relevant much more broadly? That's the question that the OECD is really focused on. And so I think for those people that might look at this and think, I'm not really sure it's going to happen, or I'd really like it to go away. I think that's just not the space that the OECD thinks it's in at this point. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Alistair. Look forward to bringing you back on when we have even more certainty on Amount B and beyond. Thanks for having me, Brittany. Thanks for joining me on this adventure in transfer pricing. See you next time.